Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome in to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. Thank you for joining us. And today we're dubbing our show The Haunted Housing Hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have this every year, and it's one of my favorite shows that we do. And, um, you know, we've had some great guests in the past uh, as it relates to. Uh, paranormal activity um, and to this week this year is no exception by any stretch of the imagination um, and, and today we're going to talk with someone who has um, tremendous credibility and a professional in the industry of paranormal activity and we're excited very excited to have uh jay smith i guess that's how you go by is that right just uh it's jay, jay adam smith jay adam smith <laughs> um and you want to go by jay so i'm going to call you jay um if that's okay with you or should, I call, wonderful. You, should I call you mr <laughs> this is my, my my dad's only mr i know <laughs> But you have a lot going on right now. And, and Jay, um, actually, one of the things that's so unique about his story is that he's based out of Knoxville. So everything he does is in Knoxville. And he has uh, a significant presence with uh, a couple of things. And let me go through those. So he um, does the Haunted Knoxville Ghost Tours. That's one thing that you do, right? Yes, yeah, one of the first uh, paranormal investigation-based uh, adventures, I guess you say, in America. And Sorry, that's incredible. And people can actually come alongside of you and, and it can record items and, and things of that nature if they wanted to. Yeah, it's all about giving the participant the opportunity to be able to experience what is it like to be in a real investigation and let it be them that's doing the work, not watching someone else do mm. it, but actually put the tools in their hand, teach them the sciences behind paranormal investigation, the history uh, behind, you know, why are we here? And then, of course, showing how it's actually quite fun to investigate the paranormal. It's the it's the reducing that fear aspect and understanding that, you know, there is things out here that we can't explain. And mm -hmm. it's not as scary as you think. It's definitely not ghost adventure-y. Um, I can honestly say I, I have busted a gut more on my, my adventures uh, with some of the responses that we've we've received on our investigations versus being scared and running for the hills. Right. And I'm sure that there are some of that. But, um, you know, you consider yourself, I guess, a paranormal um, historian. Is that is that accurate? What does that mean, paranormal historian? Well, I'm actually one of the first paranormal historians in, in the country and got the stage name of the paranormal historian because of what I've done, my legacy here in Knoxville. Mm. I brought Knoxville to the national spotlight um, through basically being a transplant from sunny Florida. Mm. And so I moved here really not knowing the lay of the land and thought, you know what, I'm going to let the history lead me to the haunted sites mm -hmm. versus someone saying, Ooh, do you know that place is haunted? Ooh, do you know that place is haunted? Ooh, those places are haunted. I'm going to end up spending hundreds of hours researching the history, finding these locations and finding out firsthand mm -hmm. whether or not these locations are haunted. And I got like 40 downtown and I'm barely scratched the surface and those locations had things that are going on. I'm like, wait a second. How is it that this place is not already jumping with ghost tours and, and paranormal stuff going on? Is it they don't want to believe that it's going on? Mm. Can't change the fact. Knoxville's got a very 
tragic past to it. Mm. And that tragic past will leave a, an imprint. And yeah, because uh, if you think about where Knoxville is and located, you're at a very central location um, as it relates to our history of the United States. Um, you had a lot of activity that went on right here in Knoxville. You have battles that occurred in the Civil War. You had many things that came um, as a result of just our history. So you're absolutely right about that. And when so when you did come here and you began to look at the history um, what were some things that jumped out at you when you started to examine like our, our past? Well, the thing that I really grabbed my attention the most was every time period that I came across, we seemed to have a serious tragic connection to it. Mm. Um, I, I kind of warn people up on my tours and say, why are we choosing Knoxville? Well, this is Native American land before us. We mm -hmm. we settled here. Um, we ended up lying and, and treating them with disrespect, obviously, and ultimately breaking three treaties with them and then saying, this is our land and we're going to force you off of it at this point because we've outnumbered you. Mm. Then we had a Revolutionary War fort right off the river, um, divided loyalties, mobsters, gunslingers, secrets under the city, secret societies, you name it. Mm. Knoxville it owns it. It really owns all this history. It's like we literally could be one of the most haunted cities in America. And am I the one to uncover it? Mm, wow, that's pretty extraordinary. Now, you talk about the hauntings. There's our, there are listeners that are skeptical and they think, no, there's there's no such thing as paranormal normal activity. Or they think, oh, that's just in movies, there, which you are going to be a lead role in a movie. We'll talk about that later. But um, give me, give, give us, give me, Mark, the listeners, everyone, um, sort of the 30,000 foot view First of all, what is paranormal activity and the difference between paranormal activity that is unexplained or is not just like an electrical, like uh, magnetic charge? You know, you're throwing out like a whole kitchen sink. I'm going to yeah. start one thing at a time. Okay. Start, start, start with what is paranormal activity. Let's go there. Well, well, the first thing is, is our, our view in paranormal is when I talk to my um, participants, my job on the ghost tours is actually to train people to be part of my team. And mm. I can't skip any steps. And the first step is, is why are we here? Well, finish this theory. Can energy be created? energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So wait a second, if energy cannot be created nor destroyed and we are energy, what happens when we die? Mm. Well, energy can't be destroyed, so therefore it has options. It can either move on or if it's got unfinished business, it could stay out, stay here. And of course, energy has different forms. We've all heard of places being haunted and something's moving. That's kinetic energy. We're walking through a house and there's cold spots. That's, that's thermal energy. Um, we've even walked into locations and out of nowhere felt like we don't need to be here. We don't like the way it feels. Right. That's emotional energy. I get that feeling. So energy, 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 energy. It seems like it's nothing but energy that we're interacting with. Yeah. So therefore, to be a great investigator, you need to do that. But I need to hit on one thing. Mm -hmm. um, skepticism. Mm. There is a difference between healthy skeptical skepticism and irrational skepticism. Mm. Uh, healthy skepticism means I just want to be really know that what I'm seeing here is real. And that's why we have multiple tools and that's why we want to substantiate claims. Unhealthy skepticism is I don't want to believe because if, if, if it does exist, it's going to scare me too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and write everything off, everything that happens. Oh, I just heard a, heard the door handle. Oh, I just saw a light turn on. Oh, it's 100% the light switch. Without even checking it, it's just going to be the light switch because they don't want to, to uncover the possibility that it was something that they can't explain. So the rational 
the rational side of skepticism is what I, mean, I the the irrational I think would be you know there's no possible way there's got to be an explanation there's absolutely just it doesn't exist you know you're just feeding people with with misinformation all that that's that's I think what to your point it's sort of a, a denial because you don't want to understand re the reality of what it is that you do now what other type of skepticism is there because that seems like the majority in a lot of ways and then the other part of that is the the people who say yeah i absolutely believe in this but you know we can debunk certain things well skepticism is very very important whenever whenever i lead my tours and work with new people i says who's skeptics and who's are believers i says understand my hand was up for both mm. um i need to keep myself very rational um if I see an orb in a picture, for example, or if I feel a cool, cool breeze, I'm not going to automatically assume that that's a spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think, okay, was a door just open? Is there a breeze that just came through? Or, um, you know, something was found moving in a house. I'm going to test to think, see whether or not it was easy to move. Was the door at a, at a jar? Did it have an easy hinge on it for it to swing? My job is to try to re reduce, remove all the possibles that are natural to a point that I have no other option but paranormal. So when people think, oh, you're one of those kind of people, no, I'm one of those thinkers. I'm mm -hmm. one of those skeptics out there that's automatically doing that. But some things I'm just literally, and, and of course I get a grin from ear to ear when activity happens that I'm like, I can't even get, I can't, I can't debunk it. I, right. I just can't debunk it. And I've seen that firsthand in Knoxville. I've saw the video, one of the videos that you created, which maybe we can talk about because um, the times that we've done these, Mark, over the last five, six years or whatever, um, I've come away from each of the shows as being a believer that there's no doubt that there's things that you can't debunk. Well, the Is first that time that we did it, you were just giggling all the way through it. Right. I because was. you were a total skeptic. I even then, doctored then up a picture and sent it to you. <laughs> That's right. You did. You did as a joke. Yeah. And then the second year, he became a little bit more focused. Then the third yeah. year, he was... Pretty much all in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm surprised I'm by the third year you weren't dressed up as a ghost sitting behind your <laughs> <laughs> microphone. Well, and the reason I'm the reason I really take such interest in this, and we only have a minute left in this segment, and we'll continue this conversation in a moment. But the reason that I'm all in is because of people like yourself, like real, like they're just respected respected people in the community. You have people who absolutely I trust that say, yes, there's something here. And rather than being scared of it and, and trying to run away from it, let's understand it and let's try to embrace it and let's try to see what we can do to try to maybe make light and, and understand what's going on here so that we can prevent things from happening and all those things. We're going to continue this conversation. I'm very excited about the rest of the show. I wish we had more time. But we're going to be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Sounds like the Eric Ains show. <laughs> Welcome back into the Haunted Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, and I am your ghost. 
I'm just kidding. I'm here. I'm so excited to have this show. This is the Haunted Housing Hour. We do this once, twice a year. Maybe we need to add to this a little. Um, but in studio, we're so thankful because, Mark, you do your research, right? And you try to find the right person for the right show. And the Haunted Housing Hour is no exception. Tell me how you found Jay. Just tell, give me a quick. You know, if you Google in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Ghost Ghost Tours, that's how I found him. Right. Uh, so, and that's what I would recommend people to do because mm-hmm. he's all over the place. Right. But I've done that in the past, and I didn't find him years earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that I found him. Uh, you were using Bing, Bing, probably. It must have been using something else. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do you want to talk just quickly about this upcoming uh, movie that you're going to be involved with? Yeah, it's called Inducted, mm-hmm. um, and it's a really unique film actually um one of a kind uh it's uh, featuring uh, thomas reed uh his case is mm-hmm. actually uh dealing with a ufo encounter connected to um, massachusetts historical mm-hmm. event and uh terry snow is the producer and director of that and uh tom reed if you follow his case uh the the case is very unique because it has so much substance to it mm-hmm. with unusual things but um, basically, he's creating a movie um, about his story that is not butchered. So he's been, you know, on on ancient aliens and has some uh, different videos, movies done about his stuff, and it, they always butcher it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, I want to talk about what really happened. So it's actually a docu drama. Mm-hmm. It's not focused on the sci-fi aspect. It's more focused on the docudrama. It's more focused on what happened, the impact of this UFO case in Massachusetts that impacted the population, the public. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, ba- basically how it impacted his family, um, how, you know, all the scrutiny that, that they had and uh, going through and talking about that. So um, he asked me, Terry Snow and him asked me to... Um, be on the on the movie and he's like i got the perfect role for you i'm like you know i'm not really an actor i do my best but i'm not really an actor he's like i got you covered he says i found the perfect part he says i'm gonna have you be the historical director and i'm like Mm. the historical director i'm like is that a significant role he says you tell me i says this is the first case to ever get in the history of massachusetts Wow. So so I'm I'm interested to see exactly, you know, how that that part unfolds, but uh we'll be watching. That's that, cool. And the cool factor is that he is listed as the historical director on Internet Movie Database, IMDb. Nice. So I mean that then, is And it's real. That's real. <laughs> so, yes, I just need to to pay IMDb so I have my pictures listed again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cheapskate. I, it's like I don't want to spend all that money just to have pictures up there. But yeah, you can see my IMDb there. Um, it's got my award-winning documentary, uh, the um, historic haunting, um, mm-hmm. you know, Ramsey House investigation that we did. Yeah. Um, and then of course my appearance on Travel Channel, which is interesting because my appearance at Travel Channel, um, where I was recognized as the paranormal uh, expert, which uh, honestly um, I, I tend to uh, blush every time that someone says that because the field is so broad. Um, but just being recognized with my knowledge base is, is wonderful. But but that uh, Travel Channel episode actually was connected to Tom Reed, mm. and so it's almost like it's almost like uh, a cameo appearance. That here years ago when I was on Travel Channel with him, he wants me to be in this 
docudrama. That's, that's well. the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Um, we were talking off air um, about some stuff, and we were talking about uh, there being two sides to you know everyone in a, a lot of ways. Because I want to get back to the actual investigation, and and when you are going into a situation where there needs to be some uh, documentation of what's happening and how you approach whether or not there is truly paranormal activity. Um, when you do find that there is truly a spirit potentially that's haunting a, a particular area, I guess we'll use haunting as a sort of umbrella word. Um, but you, you mentioned there being two sides to these spirits. Can you explain a little bit more to the listener? Like, what does that mean? I would love to actually, um, this is the part that people misinformation, all the TV shows that are out there. People love to get scared. People love these suspenseful shows, and that's what gets them tied into these shows. But what's happening is these shows are only showing really one side um, of, of investigating paranormal, one side of potentially spirits. Um, so let's, let's give, her, for example, you got a cat. You got a little kitty cat here. The cat has two different behaviors based on how you respond to it. So if I'm aggressive to the cat, I'm going to see the nails come out, the hissing start, and that cat's going to be really, really pissed off. And it's going to take a little time for that cat to calm down. Mm -hmm. But that same cat, if I understand it and understand how it is, which means it's got to warm up to me, um, let it come towards me and slowly because I understand its behavior and let it and then finally ill purr and all this so basically I believe that a lot of these shows are investigating these locations that in and they're antagonizing and they're treating them with disrespect and the truth is that's not the real essence of these spirits they're really not understanding the Civil War soldier they're really not understanding this entity that's there um, we want to be respectful we want to be caring and loving and to say we're here to listen what would you like to tell us versus treating it in a harsh way and i believe that's the real essence of the spirits so really are there so many quote quote demons around here and stuff or is it just a bunch of spirits that are angry because you're not trying to respect them mm -hmm. and can we talk about the ramsey house a little bit did you mind or is that something that's off limits um, the Ramsey House is not off limits by any means. Um, there is a there is a little little weird situation with the Ramsey House. Is we we did the award winning documentary. Mm -hmm. um, it did win a Telly Award, got a bronze, uh, and that's an international uh, level, and uh, ended, up, ended up getting on East Tennessee PBS. It was awesome. It really was. We're so proud of it. And of course, me and the producer put so much work into this documentary. And the goal was is we wanted to really help out Ramsey House. <clears throat> Ramsey House. We wanted to give them something that could help bring uh, people to the location. Mm -hmm. So we gave them a ninety percent discount. All of this in hopes that you know it would open up more doors for us. But something happened, and we don't really know what happened. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, we can only use the video for promotional purposes. Mm -hmm. And the video, nothing has been done. It's been basically, you know, it's not for sale at Ramsey House. And you'd think that if you have an amazing documentary like this that has won the awards, uh, and on top of it, you know, haunted tourism is a very popular thing. The question is, is you know, why haven't they made copies? They could end up selling it and making ten dollars, fifteen dollars each one, mm -hmm. and it could be an ongoing fundraiser for them. Right, and it's so well done, and that's what I, I mean. There's there's real thought, and and I'm I'm I love making movies. I love understanding scripts and understanding you know dialogue and how you sequence events together so that it makes sense. And it was very well done, and it made me really understand your philosophy. I thought that it was. Um, so well done that, you know, I left 
out of there thinking, wow, this was such an incredible like benefit that the Ramsey house and that the lady, I can't remember her name, but who brought you in Judy, yeah, Judy. Um, what an incredible gift that she received because it confirmed for some of the people that were involved with the Ramsey house that in fact, yes, there is something here. I'm not just crazy. Like the gentleman who saw the Confederate soldier or the other person who saw the young child, you know, these things that people had seen, but they kind of felt empty because they didn't have any like evidence. And so that's why I thought it was so well done and it gave credence to some of the things that they had been seeing. Oh, no question. And we approached it in such a respectful way. We're like, how would you like us to present your, your location? What would you like us to say? What historical document, documentation do you want us to use? And even the aspect at the end when we basically said, look, we can't really confirm that this is a haunted location. Um, you know, just following through all these steps perfectly, mm. um, just to make sure that it was done done in the most respectful possible way. Right. So uh, it did end up officially passing with the board initially for us to run the project, like a 95% uh, passing on the board. Um, when I introduced the idea, the concept of this haunted tourism idea, mm -hmm. um, but ultimately nothing came out of it. And we're, you know, me and Pat Patrick Watson with Maple Tree, we're just like. We don't know what's going on. I know right now they have a paranormal investigation event, a fundraiser going on. I'm like, um, then right. why wouldn't they have this video for right. sale? Right. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Um, because in some of the evidence that was discovered and you had uh, recordings that just gave me chill bumps of the, uh, because for those who don't know about the Ramsey house, um, there was a family, a pretty large family that lived there. And the husband was a, a significant figure, I, I would say. And um, there it's, it's an old house, first of all. I mean, it's been around for what? I mean, 1700s. Yeah. yeah so, Francis Alexander Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry that. Yeah. And so you had the young child um, who had passed away in one of the rooms that was eight years old, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also had, there was a, another a Confederate soldier piece that I can't remember exactly, but I just loved how you were able to, you know, document. And, and there's just no, no doubt in my mind that, that you can hear when you ask how old this child is, he's, there's a voice that says eight. That's correct, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Already coming to the end of the second segment. Stick around with us. We'll be right back right here on the Haunted Housing Hour. continues helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it again kevin ray honey do you see a light Now, in this situation, what is the light? <laughs> I don't know. That frightens me. <laughs> that movie, uh, Eric, thank you for pulling that up because that movie for me was definitely something that, and, and you know, everybody I think gets an opinion based upon maybe misinformation or maybe it's sensationalized in a lot of ways. And Poltergeist was definitely one of those things where paranormal activity became this thing that was just torture and, and 
scare, you know, scary. And, and, you know, you have a little girl that's talking to these spirits through the TV or whatever. And then, you know, of course the ring, if the, if those of you who saw that movie, uh, it's a crazy scary movie and they had a whole series of them. So there's, there's so much sensationalism about this, which is fine. I mean, it, it, you know, it sells tickets. That's exactly well. the truth though. You're, yeah. It's a sensationalizing. Yeah. There are truths within the movie, within understanding the paranormal investigation fields, but then they sensationalize it and bring it to a point of just absolutely right. craziness. Right. For example, the tree. Everyone knows the tree. The tree, mm. the crazy tree that broke through that was creeping them out. Mm. Well, the interesting thing about, about foliage and trees around places that trauma happened, a lot of times the trees will actually look deadly and scary um, because trees will actually um, uh, bring in some of that energy. So the mm. trauma that happened in areas a lot of times will show itself in, in the foliage around the trees around it because they're getting traumatized as well by that energy, by that emotion. Um, but will the trees actually come alive and start reaching through a house and throw a person into a pool and, and start doing the crazy stuff that it did? The mm. answer is no. But the interesting thing is, is there's truth behind it. Right. You, know, you look at some of these haunted houses and you look around them and are like, Wow, look at that tree next to us. Really creepy looking. Well, it's probably because it saw something. Mm. It recognized and was witnessing something. Do they teach that at the horticulture department in <laughs> I doubt very much. But no, you're you're absolutely right. Um we were talking a minute off air, and I want to just set the stage for you to give us some some more insight into Knoxville and, and some of the things that you've discovered. That would be awesome if you could just give us a few examples. Things I've discovered in Knoxville. Well, um, well, of course, as we, we talked earlier, we have a city that has basically touched every time period you can think of. Mm -hmm. um, we do have some of the most haunted locations in the southeast, and that's been, been documented and classified. Mm -hmm. um, many of us are familiar with the, the, the Bijou Theater. Mm. Uh, the Bijou Theater actually... Um, started in, in, in the 1818 area, in the teens, 18 teens, mm -hmm. one of the oldest buildings in downtown Knoxville. And um, during the Civil War is really where it had its most... Um, most challenging time is when basically is occupied by not just Confederate, but Union as well at different times of the war. So um, that building had occupation of, of soldiers there that they could be still fighting today. You could have a blue and a gray jacket still inside that building fighting because it was occupied by different you know, sides at one time. Um, and of course, wow. everyone knows the William Sanders who ended up dying on the fourth floor. Um, and that right there has unfinished business as well. Mm. William Sanders um, was shot um, right before the big battle of Fort Sanders. And um, they ended up bringing him back to the bridal suite, which was the nicest room. And many people don't understand this. It wasn't just the fourth floor that was a hospital at that time. It was the entire building that was used as a hospital when the Union occupied it. But he had the nicest one. Um, but here's the thing. The unfinished business is they buried William Sanders behind the backs of the soldiers and the city by candlelight. They didn't want to ruin the morale of the of the troops, and very well, very possibly, if the troops knew that William Sanders died, it could have affect could have affected the outcome of the of the Confederates attacking on that Sunday morning when the the big battle of Fort Sanders happened. Um, Incredible. But but could it leave some unfinished business? And the answer is yes. Is it coincidental that they raised William Sanders to the position of general after? After he died, is it because they're afraid they're going to get haunted by the spirit of William Sanders? Mm. We'll never know, but it's fascinating how someone who just recently graduated from West Point ended up dying and got the position of general. It brings a whole new meeting to Fort Sanders for me. I'll tell you that much. And he was shot from a sharpshooter in the Doolin house. That was the Doolin Art Gallery. It was about a mile down the road. A mile shot? It was a mile shot. It was shot. a really long shot. 
That's incredible. Now, what about, but but he was riding on a white horse from what I hear. That's a popular thing for him. He was riding a white steed. So that would have made an easy target, a white horse sticking out. Yeah. I guess West Point didn't go over that in their training. Um, (laughs) There's another question. Remember, um, Baker Peters, uh, Dr. Tregesser has an office there. There was, have you heard of any history? Actually, can I interrupt you? Yes. That's a that's the second location that is known oh, in the southeast okay. as being one of the most haunted locations. Okay, uh, is the Baker well, Peters. I had my wisdom teeth out, and I can promise you, I'm going to haunt that place. Oh, he <laughs> loves sharing that door in his office yeah. where where uh, Doctor Baker was killed by Union troops that were seizing the house. Wow. You know, I'm I'm actually one of the few teams that actually got to do a full investigation there. Can you talk more about it? Um, sure. Yeah. Um, we ended up doing the full investigation, including daytime evaluation. Um, so I, I, I went every possible place I could in there. I pulled up every possible historical documentation I could about it, including pictures, you name it, just trying to understand what's going on. And um, I actually had an encounter down in the basement. And even with a cool cat kind of person I am, when you're in the dark and something touches you on the shoulder, you will jump. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. You will jump. Um, but I was very respectful afterwards. This is okay. You just got me by surprise kind of thing after I jumped. Uh-huh. Um, but um, what's fascinating about this is when I was going through the building. Were you by yourself? Um, I had uh, one of my team members, okay. a video camera, and then I had um, the girl who was in the mm. Ramsey House video, okay. Lindsay. I was test training her. her mm-hmm. that, that was one of her first investigations with me. Wow. And she, you know, so, uh, so anyhow, while I was doing my preliminary stuff, I was trying to figure out why is this building so haunted? Well, one, it's very historical. Still, it looks pretty much the same as it did back mm-hmm. in the day, except for now it's got a bar, and I'm sure that will piss off spirits that might be in that location. <laughs> but um, found out that the basement was where Dr. Baker had his office. Mm. Upstairs, his bedroom had a interesting staircase in the closet that went down. But when I, when I went and investigated, it hit the, the ceiling of the first floor. I'm like, that's weird. So you have a staircase that goes down a few feet, and then there's the there's the ceiling of the first floor. So while going through the building, I look in the basement, and I see the staircases going up to the the, the footing of the first floor. I'm like. <gasps> Dr. Baker had a staircase that bypassed the first level to go straight down to the basement so he could see his patients in the middle of the night. Is it possible when they put in that bathroom on the first level that they cause all kinds of, of turbulence because that was the way Dr. Baker got to his patients? Wow. So they changed. They kept the building fully structured, but then they adjusted the staircase. That was probably one of the most important things for him to be able to maintain his his life and his sleeping and be able to walk, uh, take care of people. So, and so that could be the triggering piece that maybe the unsettled part of that. I mean, there's other things too. Obviously he was murdered, right? Obviously. And a lot of soldiers would have been in there. It's weird That's, across that, the street. That was another thing I heard that that was sort of a place where people would come, you know, injured soldiers, some would die there and so forth. That's what I had heard. I don't know if there's truth. To that's, that. that's correct. He's okay. very much like little house in the prairies, Doc okay. Baker, little town, West Knoxville. But the problem was, is that, um, when the city was occupied by union troops, they did not want Confederate sympathizers even miles away. Mm. And someone turned him in and they had a militia go out to him. Um, and, and there was something, and, and honestly, bullet. doctors should be left uh, left uh, absolutely off limits. So how they got away with during wartime being able to raid a doctor's house, right? 
That is that's like yeah that 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 goes against every war rule there is. But you mentioned something across the street. Yeah, across the street. What's interesting is there's some businesses on some strips there, and I know some people there, and they're like, yeah, we get visited by spirits all the time. We feel like they're Confederate soldiers. So, so, so not only the, the Baker Peters Jazz Club is very possible that businesses around that building could be experiencing some interesting. Yeah, because that would be activity. that that would be sort of the the thoroughfare for in the seven or the 1800s of how they would come and go. Um, so there may be something there, but also, you know, South Peters that goes back, I guess it's South Peters. There's a lot of old homes that um, reside on that side of the hill. Um, and I remember also there was something about the door that uh, you go in the main door. Was he shot through that door? I believe he, he shut the door and they ended up shooting through the door and killing him on the the other side. But, but the caliber is massive. I mean, it's the size of like at least a a nickel, Mm. if not a quarter. I mean, there's still evidence of that gun shot in anywhere in the home. Uh, I didn't see that, but Mm. just having the door in in Dr. Trajester's, you know, (laughs) office down below Mm. is, is quite, and he loves sharing, sharing that. So basically they're keeping the house as historic as possible, keeping everything there. That's so cool. And they were all very um, willing to be a part of your investigation as well, correct? I mean, well, they, they let us in. Um, they had one of their managers let us in and, and do the stuff. And I, I feel very honored that they were able to help us out. Now, of course, at that time, I wasn't, um, uh, my name wasn't as big as it is today. And I didn't have the uh, crew and the team and the, and the videoing that I right. have today. So I feel kind of bad that uh, that uh, we didn't do more with that particular investigation, but it was uh, amazing. Well, it's one of those spots in Knoxville that I think of. So um, we're going to continue this conversation. This is so fascinating. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is really cool. We're going to continue talking about this, so make sure you stick around because we have a segment to go or two. Is this the third segment? Hey, it's got me. So this is okay. So we'll be right back after these messages. When I get... Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Welcome back into the Haunted Housing Hour. In fact, this is Kevin Ray. I am your ghost for this hour. <laughs> I love this. I know I'm joking around, but this is serious, but interesting. Not just interesting, but fascinating. I love it so much because I love history. I'm very much like Mark. Maybe not quite to the extreme because Mark does a lot of research, historical research, when he writes the different blogs that we've done, whether that be the Oak Ridge Pool or the um, story that he wrote, Murder Will Out. Uh, that is an incredible, incredibly successful book that he wrote um, and uh, really, really loves it. But I love it as well. And I think it's interesting because we've been talking about this and it is revolving around history. But then there's this other aspect of the paranormal piece that gets left out a lot. Um, but anyway, regardless, this show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. 
Don't forget to connect with us at thehousinghour.com. You can find us as well on Facebook, facebook.com slash thehousinghour. Plug in with us, share this show, friends and family, all that good stuff. Um, you have some other things, Oak Ridge expansion potentially. You have some equipment that you would like to maybe talk about. Some things that are happening Knoxville in this area you think could be the number one most haunted areas in the entire country. That's what your, your belief is. Um, and you're setting out to try to prove that. So talk a little bit about, I just gave you a bunch of questions. Yeah. <laughs> talk about the equipment, talk about Oak Ridge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, um, Oak Ridge actually reached, reached out to us. Um, they reached out to me and I, I really got blown away. Um, Ray Smith, who is the known historian of, of Oak Ridge, along with uh, members of the Historical um, Society, um, the city's tourism department, and even some hotels all brought me in and, and they, they sat me around a table in one of the hotel lobbies and, and they're like, what can we do to get you here? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm surrounded by all these influential people in Oak Ridge and just feel totally loved. And they're like, we, we want your tours. You're highly successful here in Knoxville and we want you out here. So right now we're in the process of, of figuring out how to approach Oak Ridge, uh, seeing it's not as old as Knoxville and such. And I want to make sure I do it very respectfully. Um, but to be able to reach out there and actually investigate for the first time the history of Oak Ridge, to actually truly professionally investigate it for the public, um, would be exciting. That's awesome. And then, of course, uh, equipment-wise, mm-hmm. um, I was able to um, befriend a gentleman in New York. His name is Jason Clowers, and he um, owns Clowers ITC. And he makes—he's a professional investigate, a professional equipment uh, designer for paranormal investigations. Mm-hmm. And um, we made—we just started hitting it off, talking on the phones. I'm like, I got these crazy ideas. I need someone who can put them together. And he's like, I can do that for you. I'm like. Are you kidding me? I'm like talking about it. And he's like, so I didn't hear from you. He says, I'm taking notes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jason, you are awesome. And so we're mm-hmm. starting to talk and stuff. And we are going to create some tools coming out in 2019 that is the, is basically the paranormal investigation tools to the next level. Uh, basically saying, okay, I'm, a, I'm an investigator. What would I want different with these tools I'm using today? How can I upgrade them and add additional uh, instrumentation to it, an additional thing to make it even better and more more reliable? So, uh, so we're super excited about that. So he's going to be working on that. Um, and then the last question you had is, or, or thing you said was in relations to Knoxville being one of the most haunted cities in America. Mm-hmm. Um, th- the truth is, is that right now, I believe that we still are somewhat undiscovered. People here still have not heard, if you believe it, that uh, we have a nationally recognized paranormal adventure tour in downtown Knoxville. They're like, uh, we didn't know. It's like I've been going since 2010. It's, we're going into our eighth year. And by the way, for those who's listening, uh, there is a $10 off discount automatic on all of our tickets, no matter if you go for our special events or our walking tours downtown that we're offering you guys a $10 off just as a thank you to the public and all that. Hmm. But understand that we've got some special events that are um, new this year that have never been done before. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Nightmare on the Tracks, we're actually got an investigation of the historic Southern Railway Station, mm. and it connects to one of the most disastrous, tragic train accidents in American history. Wow! And we are the only investigation group that has permission to investigate it. So well, they've been they've they've had investigators want to have access, and the only way is to come through us. So I feel truly loved. And then of course we're we've just done two of the Great Fire investigations, and that's at Maple Hall, and um, that is investigating for the first time in history again the 1897 million dollar fire and 
we have been getting more and more activity every investigation we've been doing. And that is super, super amazing. And this is what I tell my participants. What is special about my events is not that we go to Waverly Hills, which everyone's been there, that we are actually finding locations and recognizing locations that have a lot of reasons to be haunted that have not yet been on the TV shows. Wow. So literally you guys get to be the first ones, even before the TV shows or anyone else discovers it, you guys get to be the first ones to investigate. In a lot of ways, you think about paranormal activity and what it is that you're doing. Um, let's, I want to equate it to gold. We know there's gold all over the place. We just don't know where it is. And there's, it's there and you have some like, you have some evidence of where it might be. And the same thing with paranormal activity. You know, we know there's some places, but they have not been tapped into. And that is so cool and interesting that you give people the opportunity really to be on the front edge of something incredible. And I grew up just right up the street from this Sequoia and in, in Sequoia on Kingston Pike. Mm -hmm. in he Western, was a rich kid. So in Western Plaza. In Western Plaza, it was always talked about right there where the bank is located on the corner that that was a cemetery for and a hospital, makeshift hospital during the Civil War. Hmm. So, I mean, there's in that house that sits there, it still sits there now. It, I, there was, I was always told that that was the hospital and in, in, in the lot where the bank is sitting was yeah. a cemetery. That's that's crazy. I want to go back because we're going to run out of time. But the gentleman, Jason, from New York that you have developed this relationship, is it Jason? Yes. Um, I, I consider Flowers him, ITC is the name of his okay, organization. I consider him to be like if James Bond had Q, you remember? <laughs> then he's like your, your Q. But um, the type of equipment, because there's so much like activity, are you looking to better document it? What is the thrust of you wanting this equipment? Because we didn't get to go into that because I was looking for who Q's name was. <laughs> but, but what is the thrust of, of the type of equipment that you want to bring to market? Well, the, the idea is why are we investigating? We're investigating because of energy. Mm -hmm. And of course, okay. energy is the basis of everything. It's, it's the basis of life, even us. So, and of course, energy can't be destroyed. So therefore, that's if we're going to connect to anything that's out there, it's got to be through the energy. Mm -hmm. And of course, energy's got waves, it's got this, it's got different forms, you name it. So pretty much, I'm an energy junkie. It's like, okay, is there a tool that can recognize this kind of energy or this kind of energy? Or what oh. kind of, how about this energy? Or how about expand it out more or go on this wavelength? So um, basically, it's just kind of finding these, these devices that can either be triggers or you name it. Um, oh, and of course, I can't disclose this and I really wish I could because I'm just really wanting to. Mm -hmm. Not only are we releasing tools in 2019, we're releasing tools for a particular purpose in relation to the paranormal investigation that has never been done before. Wow. That's so cool. I just don't want to share what what yeah. exactly the specialization is with it because I don't want anyone to beat us to the, the punch okay. on Okay. So have you seen Stranger Things, the the movie, not the movie, but the, the series? Stranger Things? You haven't seen Stranger Things? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Because... Um, the premise of that is that there's a portal that you can access, which takes you to this other dimension, if you will, where it is that some of these maybe spirits or whatever it is lives. Is there any association from what you've gathered in your investigation that there are hotbeds where maybe there is 
a, a sort of an interconnectivity around even the country or the world where spirits can move through kind of like a black hole in a way, but, but an energy hole where they can simply move from area to area. Well, I think everything is interconnected to a point, whether it's ufology, whether it's cryptozoology, whether it's paranormal, what you name it, even holistic energy, you got vortex point, points all throughout the country, around mm-hmm. the world, um, that uh, people go there and feel the energy coming off of it and it can be healing, it can be this and that. Mm-hmm. So I think like there's cocoon. a lot. Yeah, so there's lots of them. <laughs> I don't know about cocoon, yeah. but but I can say that there's a lot of things and ideas that we can bring it all together, not be afraid of it, um, to approach it in a very scientific way. And of course, mm-hmm. what's great about my investigations is I teach about substantiation. Mm-hmm. So if a tool goes off, that's great. We want to substantiate that. If we get a three or four or five different tools acting unusual in the same area, that's pretty that's pretty uh, hard to debunk and i'm going to go ahead and have my approval that it's haunted there's no person skeptic or not that could not sit in the room with you let you lay out for them what it is you do and them leave away feeling the same if they were a skeptic in a negative way there's no possible way because you make so much sense in 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 your your reason they're always look at why people do what they do and that's what's so cool about yours is that you have a, a heart for this and you have a heart to understand rather than to try to be understood like i want to understand first and then if i'm understood that's really what i'm looking to do so that's awesome Thank, thank you. you so much for spending the time with us because I think we're already coming to the end of the yeah. show, which is incredible because it seems like we just started. Thank you so much. Mark, you want to give him some shout outs of where to find him? Knoxghost.com. Okay. Yeah, hauntednoxville.net, knoxghost.com. You can go to our Facebook page. Make sure you check out the videos. We have been letting our participants actually videotape evidence, and we got some cool stuff on there. And make sure you like us, follow us, because we are going to let you know of all the cool stuff's going on on our Facebook page and Twitter. We'll, and make, sure, we'll make sure that's also on thehousinghour.com as well. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. I know.